Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. We are a Jesus community telling the biggest story of God in Los Angeles. We're excited that you're joining the conversation with us today. Enjoy. Everything that we're going to talk about today is about reclaiming worship. And even in that moment, as I look around or I experience things within myself, I want to want something. And yet there's all these other parts of me that are terrified to go there. I know that worship is something bigger than just what happens in a room like this. I know that we live in 2022 in Los Angeles and we have a larger version of spirituality and that worship is something that you can do on a hike. Worship is something that you do listening to a Beyonce album. Worship is something that you do in the gym. That we've created these larger experiences of what worship is because we're human beings and our realm for understanding and experiencing God just has to be bigger. And yet, in spaces like this, I still want to want something. I want to remember I want to reclaim. I want to have a bigger experience corporately of who God is. And I remember with you all. I remember with each of you because I know some of your stories. I remember with each of you because each week you're willing to share your narrative and what's going on and how God's working in your life and who God is. And so today, we're gonna get uncomfortable. Today, we're gonna try to push some things. We're gonna try to reclaim some things. Because the conversations that I've been privileged to have here over the last couple months is sitting at a coffee or beer with people and hearing whispers like this, I just want something sacred again. I know that God is holy and I just haven't been there. Somebody was at a coffee with me and they said the word glory. They wanted glory back in their life. Woo! I hadn't heard that in a while in a space like New Abbey where we're deconstructing and letting go and figuring it out. And so today, let's try some things together. So you can take a seat. You can breathe. I'm always thankful in my life because I got a really prestigious degree from a really pre prestigious university. Uh, biblical studies from the Azusa Pacific University. Yeah. Um, that's a joke, by the way. So... Uh, I love my experience at APU, and I look back at things like APU, and I try to figure it out. I'll always remember the first chapel service there, and I walk into this room, and there's 4,000 of my peers, and we're singing songs like this, and everybody's hands are in the air, and I just begin weeping because it feels like I'm at home. It feels like there's something beautiful and palpable about who God is here. And I was 18 years old, and if you remember being 18, you just want to be in love and excited and passionate about everything. I remember at... A year later, when I fell in love with my wife, 19 years old, I was at a Christian university, people, this is what you do. That's how life was with her. It was intoxicating. I just remember, like, going to the gas station and putting gas in and be like, oh, in only, like, seven minutes, I'm going to see her again, right? Or getting off the phone and having to hang up because we didn't have cell phones back in the day, so I had to call, like, a house in Wisconsin, and is, is Carissa there, right? And just being so sad that you had to hang up the phone because I just wanted to keep talking with her. And at that time in my life, that's what I wanted from God. And then like any good evangelical institution, after enough chapels and enough praise, they beat the joy out of me. And that there's something in me though that still wants that kind of love. And I wanna hold it with the maturity of what I have now. That in my marriage with my wife of 16 years, like magic for us is going to Trader Joe's together and we're still passionately in love. 
and we're still having a better time than we've ever had before. And we had to work through things. We had to work through pain, and we had to work through trauma, we had to work through difficulty, we had to heal, we had to be safe. But the magic of our life now is that we get both and. We get the infatuation. We're sometimes late at night, we just laugh together. And then we get the just good old-fashioned checking things off the list because we happen to make the bed today. And I think our life with God can be more robust if we hold all of those things together. We can hold the infatuation. We can still be excited about experiencing God. And it can be bigger and more robust and more profound. And so today, I want to reclaim worship. And to reclaim worship, we're going to talk about some things. We're going to talk about triggering because some of you raised your hand and you were there, but were any of you also triggered? That's, that's not bad, all right? I'm, that's not bad for a room like this. Uh, we're going to talk about who God is, and if we can talk about who God is, then we're also going to talk about Brene Brown. And if we can talk about the prophetess Brene Brown, then we can also talk about how Jesus healed everyone. And if we can talk about how Jesus healed everyone, then we can become what we worship. And if we can do that, then we can talk about what liberation from and liberation for might look like. And then the James Webb Telescope, my friends, because if you've not been on Instagram, this is the greatest thing that is out there right now. And James Webb Telescope, then we can talk about just what it means to be embodied. So I want to set just a small framework for everything here. You don't have to do anything that we're asking you to do today. I don't know where you're at and what you've got going on, but already trust yourself and trust your own internal authority and what God's doing there. If it doesn't feel right for you, you don't have to do it. And today might be a day that you say, but I do want to embody some things. Maybe you're like me, you just want to want some things in your life, and that there's something about corporate musical worship in a place like church on a Sunday morning that still has something for you, then I would say, would you risk a little bit today? The, the thing about being triggered in our lives is that triggering is a gift because it's a teacher for us. It's a teacher for us because it just tells us that something isn't healed yet. That's good. Listen to that thing in you. Sometimes when you feel triggered and that thing isn't healed yet, you need to go to therapy. You need to process some things with some people. There's some work that you need to do. Sometimes when you feel triggered and you haven't healed yet, one of the healthy things to do is to try to step back into the thing, to reclaim it, to try it out. Now that's not true for everything in life, obviously, but maybe this is one of those moments where something used to be good for you, used to be beautiful for you, maybe still is powerful for you, and you wanna give it a shot again. Because you know that when we're all in this thing together in this room, that magic happens. That because this place is safe, because hopefully you can believe that in this place, nobody's trying to manipulate you. We do not have a secret worship set where in three songs, the fog machines are gonna come on, we're gonna get to that build, and I am gonna ask you to raise that hand. But, some of you looked over here like, who am I looking at? You know who I'm looking at. <laughs> but it can be a safe place that we can hold some space for one another to say, I do want to worship God. I've been thinking about it a lot because of this passage in Exodus 3.12, and it says this. Wow, that's short. But I will be with you. <laughs> that's not the passage. Great, they're going to get the rest of Exodus 3.12 in there later, but we'll start with that. In the rest of the passage in Exodus, this is the passage where Moses meets with God in the burning bush. 
And God eventually says to Moses, Moses or actually Moses says to God, are you kidding me? I can't go to Pharaoh. If I go to Pharaoh right now, how am I going to know, God, that you're actually with me? And God said, you'll know that I'll be with you because one day you're going to bring the people out of Egypt and they're going to come worship me on this mountain. For like the last two months as we've been in the book of Exodus, I've just obsessed about this passage. That what kind of God wants this? What is it about God wanting to bring the people out so that they can worship God on this mountain? And for me, the thing that I keep coming back to is we're a little bit further in the book of Exodus now. We're in like Exodus 20 or 21 or wherever we're at. Brittany knows. You can talk to her later. Yeah, yeah. She's got it particularly down in the Hebrew. Um, is that now the thing has happened. The people have been free. They have been liberated from Pharaoh. They have been liberated from Egypt. And now they have a reason to worship God. And I think for us, one of the questions that we have to ask ourselves is, why do we worship? Why would we worship this God? And why we would worship this God is who this God is. Part of the healing and the safety that happens in a place like New Abbey is that you are deconstructing and reconstructing a larger understanding of who God is. That for many of you, your understanding of God was actually painful. People gave you small versions of who God might be. People gave you a version of God that was rooted in fear. People gave you a version of God that was rooted in hell. People gave you a version of God that was rooted in rapture. People gave you a version of a God who was playing games with you. Grace is free and it's all good, but if you don't say all of the things that you need to be forgiven for before you start your prayer, God might not hear your prayers because you didn't say all the things that maybe you had done, so grace is free, but you need to say all the things because if you don't say all the things, then God's like la 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 in heaven. Anyone have that God? And it was confusing. And we get to come into this space and say, no, maybe that's not it. Maybe that's not the type of God that's actually out there. That the God that I see in Exodus is a God who is constantly showing up to be with us. A God who is not playing games with us. Right before this, God says to Moses, I have heard your cries. I have heard your pleas. And I'm going to be there with you. That when we think about worship, we think about Jesus. That if it's true of Jesus, then it's true of God. That if it's true of Jesus, then it's true of us. And that what Jesus shows us is that God is good. That who Jesus shows us is a God who constantly shows up. There's a passage at the beginning of the Gospels that says this, that everywhere Jesus went, he healed everyone. That's a version of a God that I want to worship. I don't want to worship a God who's playing games with me. I don't want to worship a God who is a bad parent who wants to torture me if I make a mistake. I want to worship a God who just keeps showing up and saying, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. I want to heal you. I want to heal you. I want to heal you. And that's the experience of God that I believe that we have in this place. That's the experience of God that I believe that we want to take into the world is a Jesus who is just constantly with us. Can we keep reframing that in our lives? And as I look out into this room, I know the reality of that story. I know the story of a good God, of a Jesus who was with you when you came out and you never thought you would come out to your parents. You never thought that you would get to stand up for good news and tell an entire church about your boyfriend or your girlfriend. You never thought that you could be in a church where a pastor like Josh could preach and talk about how just a year ago he was in the throes of an addiction. You never thought you would get up and that you would hear the good news about how God was with someone in the midst of their infidelity. 
that God is constantly saying, I'm with you. Oh, I get it. This whole thing with me right now is terrifying. And it's much more about like crystals and other stuff like that. And that's how you experience spirituality. Praise God, I'm with you. I'm there too. I'm in the crystals as well. (laughs) That wherever you find yourself, maybe that's the thing that we hold on to. is just a God who's saying, I understand the pharaohs and the Egypt in your life. That's your narrative. Those are the things that you're in pain from. Those are the things that you want liberation and salvation and deliverance from. And know this, I will be with you. Some of you have hindsight, 2020 vision, and you're looking back in your life and you can clearly say from gratitude, I'm getting a little emotional now because right when I look out and I see someone in the room who I know that their 10 years of sobriety is coming up and that I get the gift of sitting with them last week and them just talking about that moment. And as I see some of you rubbing the shoulder of that person next to you, where there was a moment 10 years ago in your life and there was a Pharaoh and there was an Egypt that you never thought that you would get through and you were saying with God, I don't know how I'm gonna get to the next day. And now 10 years later, you're like, oh yeah, I'm ready to worship God in this mountain. Because it's true that this God was good and this God was with me. It's a moment when I sat on a corner in Glendora 15 years ago and I looked at my wife because I thought she was gonna leave me because I had to admit to her all the affairs that I was having and she should have left me, could have left me. And I don't say that because I want a pity party, but in that moment when my wife looks at me and says, I committed to this thing, and if you want to do it, I'm willing to keep moving forward. But I gotta go get help. I gotta go to therapy. I gotta go to 12 steps. I gotta figure my life out. And I can look back through my entire, through these last 15 years and say, oh, God was with me there. And maybe in this moment, we let go of all of the things that we're deconstructing, all of the things that we're saying no to. We just agree, I'm with you, not that God. That's not an interesting God. And we just say yes to a God who is good, to a God who keeps showing up to heal us, to a God whose universe is expansive enough to hold all of your worship, to a God who maybe just in this moment says, together, maybe we worship in a different way and we remember that God is with us in all things. But I will be with you, I will be with you. test of time I will be I will be with you in the desert in the mountain and in the fire do not be discouraged do not fear do not be discouraged
William and the band are singing, maybe just be thinking about this question. Where has God been with you? And as you hold that, and as you sit with that, maybe just open yourself to the reality as they just sing over you. I know for some of you are like, man, this feels a little charismatic Pentecost, a little woo-woo for what I'm used to. I'm with you. And maybe God just has something to speak and share with us, and we're going to try something and be holding that question. For I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have to prosper, to prosper you, says the Lord. I trust you, yeah, I trust you, you are for me, not 
not against me. So I trust you, yeah, I trust you. You are for me, not against me. So I trust you, yeah, I trust you. You are for me, not against me. So I trust you, yeah, I trust you. You are for me, not against me. So I trust you, so I trust you. You are for me, not against me. So I trust you, so I trust you. You are for me, not against me. So I trust you, so I trust you. You are for me, not against me. So I trust you, yeah, I trust you. You are for me, not against me. So I trust you. I trust you, you are for me, not against me. So I trust you, yeah, I trust you. You are for me, not against me. So I trust you, yeah, I trust you. You are for me, not against me. So I trust you, so I trust you. You are for me, not against me. So I trust you, so I trust you. trust your leadership over my Close your eyes. Maybe put your hand on your belly and your hand on your heart. And breathe in deep. And as you breathe in deep, and as you exhale, and as you breathe in deep, and as you exhale, would it be a reminder that within yourself that God is with you? That when every breath of air that you take, is the spirit of God that animates the entire world. That with every breath that you breathe out, that God is through you replenishing the world with God's goodness. That is this beautiful ecosystem of God moving in and out, that God is 
breathing in and out of you. That whenever you don't trust, whenever you're trying to figure it out, maybe in the simplest way, we can just come back to our own bodies. Trust that we are the temples of God. Trust that the Holy Spirit is within each and of every one of us, that we are good. And we're good because we're made in the image of a good God. That we can worship who God is because God's good, because we're good, because we're loved. So as you breathe, we're going to do what we do in New Abbey fashion. You're going to find those three or four people around you. You're going to answer this question, where has God been with you? The movement of Exodus actually moves us beyond the individual to the corporate. As I was going around the room before, we talked about all the different ways that God is with us individually. But what Exodus is talking about is this liberation moment in which the entire people of God experience something that God was doing. That imagine together you're corporately going through something. God delivers you through it together. No wonder that we create this tradition around this event. And my hope and my belief here is that God is corporately doing something with us together. That God is delivering us to a larger narrative about who God is. That God is liberating us to a bigger picture of what God is doing in the world. That God is saving us, offering salvation to us to provide a bigger framework for what spirituality and who Jesus is in this world. And that's a gift that we get to do those things together. That God liberates us from something, but what's way more interesting is that God is liberating us for something. That there are things that we're going to let go of, but the more difficult thing in this world is always what are the things that we're going to take up and rebuild. That in the life of Jesus, Jesus begins with, come and follow me. Come on, take up this way of life and this way of truth. And then eventually where Jesus leads us is now you go and make disciples. That the point of the story is, yes, come and get healing. Come and be liberated. Come and be delivered. Come and find freedom. And as you find that freedom, as you're on the journey, as you're in process, go take that freedom to other people. Keep telling that story. That's why we come together to remember and remind one another of the good things that God is doing. Ephesians says this, now to, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to God's power that is at work within us, to God be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. And what used to be powerful for me about this passage was, now to God who can do immeasurably more, to the God who builds the entire cosmos, 
and the part that in a place like New Abbey that's begin to be transformed in me as somebody who like hates being in their body. Who I'm like the guy sitting in the back raising my hand. I just feel like the white guy at a wedding. Like, <laughs> is this how you do it? Uh, yeah, you know who that is. It's me. And I feel uncomfortable. But I'm reminded in a passage like this, but the liberation and the salvation, the deliverance that God is doing immeasurably in the world, it's within us. It's not happening somewhere out there. That when the Pharisees and the teachers of the law came to Jesus and they said, where is this kingdom that you're speaking of? He reminded them all, this kingdom is within each and every one of you. That we worship because of who God is and we worship because of what God has done. Not only how God has liberated us individually, but how God is liberating us together. Thanksgiving, yeah. And those on the outside 
Cause I thought I'd do one time I thought I'd do back then What it was, what it really was So just noticing what's going on in your body as you listen to that. Noticing, is there an openness to Jesus delighting you, to God delighting in you? So as you hear that again, I delight in you. I delight in you. Just take a moment to check in with your body, your openness of your heart. Notice the triggers. Notice all the times that you don't feel that. It's the whole spectrum. It's personal Jesus and cosmic Christ holds it all. So as we sing and hear that delighting, can you feel that? Can you take it in deeper? You deliver me because you delight in me, God. You deliver me because you delight in me, God. You delivered me. Because you delight in me, God, you deliver me. Because you delight in me, God, you deliver me. Because you as you take that in, as you take that in, come onto your feet and feel it in your whole body, rooted and grounded in this love. Rooted and grounded in this love. Feeling that in your body, opening your heart, your mind. of the Eucharist is the God who delights in you just as you are, all of you. The embodied Jesus who says yes to our bodies, our goodness as we are, and invites us to open up our hearts, our minds, to be healed, to be made whole. Not just the Savior, but the healer, the holer, the one who makes us whole. And as we come to take the, the cracker and the cup, the body and the blood, it's a saying yes to our bodies, to being in our bodies, experiencing that love in a way that many of us never knew and no one ever talked about. So let's 
stand in our bodies and take a moment and just open our hearts and pray. God, thank you that you love us as we are, and the glory of God is the human being fully alive. God, we open all of us to you, our hearts, our broken parts, our delighting parts, our struggling parts. We thank you that the glory of God is the human being fully alive and that you are able to do immeasurably more than all that we can ask or think or imagine. God, in the places of unbelief, and we can't imagine how you could ever take us anywhere through the things we're struggling with, in the places of delight, God, we thank you and we come and we, we say yes. We eat and drink and say yes to welcoming you in where you already are and saying, yes, God, do this grace in me and through me as I, as I go out into the world to be the fully alive, living embodiment of love in the world. So come, take and eat, say yes to this delighting God who loves you and wants to do immeasurably more than all that we can ask or think. Thanks for listening to the New Abbey Podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.